Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment. As we count down our top five episodes of the last 200. Last week, when leadership squeezes you, this week, John Obolewski, give us a little clue where we're heading for number four. Yeah, this is our fourth most listened to and watched episode. Uh, entitled Leadership in Words. And so uh, this episode's about words, just so you know. Um, (laughs) And words are one of the most powerful forces for good in the organizations we serve. Absolutely. Jim, it's my contention that our teammates tend to rise to the level of the words we speak to them. Yes. Um, You know, for every human being that's ever lived, words matter. Mm-hmm. But for humans that lead, they matter even more. Yes. And so in today's episode, uh, it explores how you as a leader can leverage the power of words in a healthy way, not in an abusive way, not yeah. in a manipulative way, but you right. can use the power of words in a way that moves your organization and the people in your organization yeah. in a positive way direction. And so it's our hope that this replay will inspire you in a fresh way to watch your words and to use them well. Right on, right on. Well, I'm excited to hear it again. And I I know I was there and it was recorded the first time, but but after so many months or years, it comes back as brand new information. So we hope that all you watchers and listeners enjoy this, the number four most listened to, most watched podcast of the last 200 leadership and then how we use our words is vital. God bless you as you listen now. Yeah, the title is called Leadership and Words. And, uh, you know, words are uh, our currency, right? I mean, in a lot of ways yeah. as, as leaders. Yeah. Um, and, and they also are one of the most powerful forces for good in the organizations we serve. You know, uh, people can run in the strength uh, of a well-deserved compliment yes. for weeks. <laughs> yes. Um, and there's just so much power for good, but unfortunately there's also power, power for not so good uh, too, when it comes to our words. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. Um, you know, I, I was, I did a little search, Jim, that, uh, in the new internet, new international version, 92 verses specifically mentioned the tongue and over 200 verses referenced the mouth. Yeah. (laughs) And Apparently, words matter uh, to God. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I want to read just a couple of scriptures here that uh, reference words. Some of these, I'm sure all of these will be familiar to our listeners. Uh, here's one, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Uh, here's another one from Proverbs. Actually, if you want to get better with words, reading Proverbs will really help. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. A fool's lip lips bring him stripe in his mouth. I love this. His mouth invites a beating. <laughs> a mouth, um, a fool's mouth is his undoing and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to a man's innermost parts. And uh, let me give you one more. This one's like the, uh, this is like the icing on top. James three, six, the tongue is also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. 
It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and, it, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> so, so any questions at this point? It's like, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, so that our tongue has the capacity to create and destroy, yeah. to uh, uh, quell relational fires or spark them. Yeah. Um, and, and bottom line is it is hard to undo the damage of careless, carelessly spoken words or yeah. written words. And as a leader, God has given us this amazing platform, hasn't he, Jim? Yeah. And, and yeah. so our words really matter. What do, you, right. what do you think about that just in general as we yeah. introduce the topic today? You know, some, something we, we say quite a bit at Converge, you know, it's kind of one of our sayings is, is you know, name, name five sermons that have changed your life. And it's a little hard to name those five sermons. We say name five people that have changed your life and everybody can name five people very quickly. And then you say, what, what do those five people have in common? All of them would have this in common, right? It wasn't, they were just really good with their money or they had a shiny car or, you know, they, they were well-organized. They dressed great. It would be, they said something to us that formed, um, that confirmed, that, that conformed us to the image that God had created us to be. They saw mm-hmm. something in us and they crafted words that they, they believed in us and their words allowed us to believe in us at a different level. I, right. I think words are so crucial, so crucial. So, so if words, words are that powerful, and I believe they are, I think yeah. you and I both remember words that were spoken to us from our earliest memory yeah. as children. Uh, how can we who lead use them more responsibly? I mean, we use a lot of words. You know, Jim, in seventh grade, my teacher screamed at me in class. I mean, she screamed at the top of her lungs and she said, shut up, John. All you do is talk, talk, talk. Wow. And uh, <laughs> but she was right. You know, she nailed it. Yeah. And and I talk for a living. You talk for yeah. a living. Um, so I think we have we... the same teacher, actually. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> But so the question is, how do we get a hold of that, right? How do we how do we get in front of this? How do we avoid hurting the people we work yeah. with? How do we how do we use our words in a way that actually speaks life into them, encourages them? Uh, I think there are four things that are on my mind today, Jim. I'd like us to kind of uh, work through right together. And yeah, here's give, us, first... give us a proactive list. Okay, yeah. here we go. The first one is to, is prayer or yeah. to pray. Um, Psalm one forty one three says, "Lord, set a guard over my mouth." keep watch over the door of my lips. Uh, I'm thinking those words would be good to say to God every morning before we whisper another word to a human. Um, You know, I I like this prayer, you know, God, help me to speak when I'm supposed to and be quiet when I should be. Um, Because I don't always get it. I don't always do that well. Um, But I think that, that the practice of praying helps tame our tongue. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that one, Jim? Yeah, I, I, I never preach a sermon without praying something. And that's just to help me not to speak any unfruitful words, mm-hmm. but all of this stuff is helpful for building others up according to their needs would benefit those who listen. And the reason I know that scripture and the reason I've memorized it is because the man who discipled me forced me to memorize that. <laughs> yeah. Because he said, your mouth is open all the time. Uh, and that can be a good thing or that can be a bad thing. And right. You're, you don't have any private thoughts. And so you're, you know, the heart is where that's coming from. Like, just yes. know that God will use your words to build people up or tear them down. And so you can't just carelessly 
you know, it's fire. It, it'll warm a house, it'll burn it down. It, it just depends on the context in which it's being used. So he really, I, if there was one thing he really tried to knock off of me that didn't look like Jesus in the year that we were together, it was that like, you're, you, you're sarcastic, which can be funny or destructive. Yeah. You know, uh, you're quick witted, but, but being quick witted means you haven't thought about what you're saying or who you're saying it to. Right. So be careful of that. And, and as you increase in influence, how much more important are those words? I, I think that prayer, because I, I, it comes out of my face. I don't know what I'm thinking until I hear myself say it. That's, that's, I'm an extrovert. So you, you have to pray that prayer because it is God that, that tempers those, those comments that would come out so easily and really damage somebody. And, and Jim, we've been helping pastors for a long time. And still to this day, before every meeting with a pastor, I pray like this, Lord, help me to watch my words. Yeah. Yeah. Help me to speak when I'm supposed to here. Help me to listen. Um, and I, I feel that sense of dependence. And I think, so that is one way we as leaders can really get, out and, and get ahead of this. And it sounds so like, well, dosh, but, <laughs> but I think we would do better if yes. we paused for a minute and say, God, set a guard over my mouth. Uh, help whatever comes out of my mouth to be pleasing to you. Uh, so here's the second one, uh, and that is to think, believe it or not. And Jim, you said that you think as it, as the words are coming out. Um, but I I think it would I think about it this way. Here's the thinking process I'm thinking about: is what I'm about to say, is it going to build up, or is it going to tear down? Yeah. And and so before opening my mouth. I, I try my best. And I don't always succeed to zip it for about 30 seconds yeah. and ask myself some questions. Is this true? Uh, is it necessary? Is it kind? Right. Um, and, and I try to think about how, if I was hearing this from somebody else, what I'm about to say, how would I react to that? You know, how, how, how would I deal with that? Uh, I, I found this, that when I'm angry, sometimes I say words I wish I could take back. Um, and, but here's the problem. Once they're out, I can't take them back. And the damage that is done, um, sometimes is permanent. I can't apologize my way out of the damage I've done. Apology is not a get out of jail free card. And, and so thinking, you know, thinking more before I open my mouth, what do you, what do you, what do you think about that one, Jim? Yeah. I, and again, I, I, I try to, I don't know what I'm thinking until I hear myself say it, but, but there are, there are environments where that's okay. And there's environments where that's not okay. If mm-hmm. I'm meeting somebody for the first time, if I'm preaching on Sunday, if I'm in a marriage counseling situation, they, I mean, these are sensitive and important environments. Yes. If I'm dreaming with a close, you know, if you and I are discussing the future, I don't, I don't, I don't guard my tongue. I don't, cause my heart's okay. And, and right. the environment's prepared to, you know, for that conversation. But yeah, I think that, Absolutely. I, I, again, because you can't unring a bell. Once right. it's rung, it's rung. And, and man, I, you know, I think about marriage. How many times Dina said, you know, uh, how's this dress look on me? Like, you better be careful how you answer that because she's asking, she's not asking you a fashion question. She's asking you an identity question. Yeah. And, and if you're not thoughtful about that answer, yeah, it looks fine. Well, that, you know, I spent all day shopping for this and got all dressed up and it looks fine. Like you look at the grass and says the grass looks fine. And, you know, you're supposed to look at me and be amazed. I'm supposed to say, ta-da, you know, and it's uh, every day is your wedding day, you know, but so just, yeah, knowing you're thinking, why, why am I involved? What's God's purpose in this conversation? Right. 
uh, for me to be here right now? That's a that's a good question to ask, and yeah. then and then speak as if it's an assignment, it's an appointment. It's not so common that it can be taken for granted. Yeah. So uh, pray. Think. Here's a third uh, thing yeah. I think that will help us, and that is to feed. Now let me ex- explain that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to speech, I believe this: garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Uh, what I feed on mentally uh, or visually or audibly eventually finds its way into my heart and then out of my mouth. Even Jesus said that our, our heart is the fountain of our speech. And so as a leader, if you're struggling with using words the right way with your team, can I encourage you to take a step back and look at your intake and deal with your mouth problem at the root level yeah your your heart um and it's hard to believe well it's not hard to believe but i guess it shouldn't be this way jim you know you're called by god into the ministry i just don't understand how you can mistreat your staff i don't understand how you feel that in any way shape or form it's proper to berate your staff verbally. And yet in some cases it, it happens. Yeah. I think when our view of God is skewed, you know, we, if we speak to people as we believe God is speaking to us, you know, if God's be, if you're condemned and you think it's God that's condemning you, you'll condemn, right. Mm. If God is suddenly this uh, performance person who's not satisfied with your performance, you'll speak to your staff as someone who's not satisfied with theirs, or if, if your dad or your pastor, I what yeah. was modeled for you. What's, you know, there's neuron paths burn into you that, that make your language normal to you, but doesn't make it right. Right. And I think that that challenging, you know, it, it is how I use words. And, and as I'm repeating things that were said to me, I, we call it the, the 25 year echo where I, I heard my, my father say, turn that music down. And 25 years later, I said to my son, turn that music down. I thought, I've heard that before. Where have I heard that? It was it was a 25-year echo. It took that long for it to come back around. But we are kind of a product of our environment, but we're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be a product of heaven's environment. Right. And, and taking those thoughts captive, making them obedient, you know, checking what goes into our heart. Um, and so what comes out of our mouth is, is far more heavenly than, than earthly or hellish. Right. And as much as I'd like to blame you for the words that come out of my mouth, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I own those. Uh, and, yeah. and Jesus says, if, if I'm having a problem with my words, something's going on inside of me that needs attention yeah. And, yeah. and figuring out what that is. Let me give you one more here, Jim. Yeah, and can that I just one more thing on that? Oh, it's, please. It's, it's yes. One of the things that our staff says here, it was taught by a, a staff member that's been gone now for a dozen years or more, but it's, it's still part of our mantras is my response is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I, that's what I'm responsible for. And, and their response, we, we teach that to all of our leaders, a parent's upset, or there's a confusion, or there's a miscommunication. My response to that is my responsibility. You can't say, that's well, right. they, they made me so mad that I, like, that's not an excuse. That's, that can be a reason, but it's an inexcusable reason. And mm-hmm. it brings us back to, like you said, a heart condition. Yeah. So pray, think, feed. Uh, and here's the last one. And that is understand. Yeah. Um, and here's what I mean by that. You know, we, um, we can implement these first three steps as preventive measures, right? And, and we still say something we, we wish we could take back. Uh, and I think sometimes in those moments, we, we try to use an apology as a, as a crutch. Yeah. 
for our careless words. We think, you know, oh, they'll forgive me. They always do. I'm their boss. They have to. Um, it's bad leadership. And, yeah. and I think I said it earlier in the pod that, you know, it helps to understand that apologizing doesn't undo the damage caused by words. Yeah. Um, it doesn't reinstate trust. Um, I, I think we can use an apology as a way of pretending that our hurtful words never happened. But to the injured person, it, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that last one, Jim, this understand yeah. thought process? I, I think what you're describing is what I would see as a cycle. There's a frustration. It's not communicated. It builds up to a place of explosion. It's not resolved. There's an apology that, that is, it's meant, but it, but it still isn't healthy. And then you go back to normal, which is the process of frustration that builds into an explosion Yep. That resolves it sort of in a sick way with an apology. Um, no, if people are dreading coming to work because of the words that are spoken, we're doing something wrong. If people are dreading coming home because of the words that are spoken. When I when I call out my son's name, let's say he's 10 years old, and I go, Josh, if Josh goes, I wonder what my father has for me, then I've done something well. I wonder what dad's mad about now. Something's wrong, right? Yeah. When I say, hey, let's take a walk, let's go to lunch. Hey, you got an hour, I want to spend some time with you. We hope that. You know, that, that's a good thing, not a, uh-oh, what have I done wrong sort of a reaction. And, and if people's reaction to us is negative when we want to spend time with them, it's probably because negative things have been said. Um, so now I, I think that understanding that we're an apology, an apology, there's a difference between I'm sorry and I repent. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry that I, I blew up at you, but I repent of using anger. I repent of unresolved issues causing explosion. Those are, those are two completely different things. So if you're apologizing habitually, but not repenting once, that's, you have other work to do. That's right. And, and so you might be listening or watching today and, and wondering why do, why do all those words about words today matter? <laughs> uh, you know, why should we care? Um, <clears throat> here's why, because words are seeds. Yeah. They, they start relationships and they can also kill relationships. Yeah. Um, your words as a leader matter because God has given you an amazing platform. He's entrusted you with a, a platform that has huge influence. Your words carry a ton of weight. And we want you to use your words well, because usually when you do, good things follow. Yeah. And when you use them poorly, well, you know, you know what happens, right, with yeah. that. So that's why we brought this to the, the <clears throat> forefront today, Jim, because I wanted to challenge of uh, those who lead, those who talk a lot, uh, to use their words uh, wisely. Yeah. I, you know, I did a study on language years and years and years ago, but it's always stuck with me that before the fall, words were used for creation, um, setting things in order, and blessing. Mm-hmm. That was it. It wasn't until after the fall that shame and blame and all those other, you know, words were suddenly used for a, for a lesser purpose. But before before sin occurred, it was creation, setting in order, and blessing. And, and I, so that's one of the things. I, it's a test I use of my own language today to use words for for creating what mm-hmm. God wants to see, for setting in order the things that exist, and for blessing you know those that are around me. And I, maybe maybe that's a good place to kind of end our conversation. It's just that yep. test. I might if the answer is no, then go back to these four steps and mm-hmm. and say then what what should I do to to produce those outcomes that. They got originally created, created language to create. And uh, we find ourselves falling short to repent, not apologize and That's do it right. again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good, right on. Well, John, thank you for again for your wisdom. I, you know, it's funny. We we talk about forty years ago. We kind of chuckled, you know that that. But I, there are certain things that become more more true as you get older, and the fact that you remember what a teacher said to you all those years ago. Yeah. Um. And and maybe even if you're not careful, would would form like if those words would have prevailed in your life, we would not be talking to thousands of people right now. Right. Right. Because you just said my words are unimportant. I'm unimportant. You know, I, and so words bring identity and, and so using them appropriately is so important. Thank you for your wisdom. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff you learn over the 40 years. It's not stuff. I'm not saying 16 year olds don't know this, but they don't believe it like you and I believe it because right. words have formed a, a great part of, of who we are today. So That's God right. bless you. Well, we hope that you enjoyed recapping that information. Maybe for some, it's the first time you've heard it, or maybe for others, you haven't heard it in so long that it really brought back the reason why it was one of our, our most listened to, most watched podcasts. John, I want you to sum up for us kind of the, the basis of the number four most watched, most listened to podcast, episode number 197 here, and uh, leadership and how we use words. Yeah, thanks, Jim. So just a couple of thoughts as we, as we close this one out. First of all, remind yourself that for every human, words matter. And for yeah. those of us that lead, the they matter exponentially more. Yes. Our words carry a tremendous amount of weight, and that's in a positive way and also in a negative way. Um, yes. Before you speak, here's another thought, Jim, uh, that is important, I think. Ask yourself this question. Will what I'm about to say build up or tear down? Yes. And if the answer yeah. is it has, it's not going to, if the answer is no, it's not going to build up, chances are you probably shouldn't say it. Um, if right. you know it's going to tear down, then I think I don't need to tell you what the next step is. And that's to yeah. zip the lip, right? Um, right. <laughs> and here's just a, a word of caution, I guess, as we uh, wrap this one up. If you keep shooting yourself in the foot with your words, please get some help before people stop listening to you altogether. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim, that's what I've got. Right on. Right on. And, and as always, guys, we're here. Well, again, this is this is one we talked about a long time ago, but as John brings back, it reminds me to remind you, if you're in danger of what he just said, that's what we're here for. It's we're not ashamed of you. We used to be you. We're, we're not embarrassed of you. We, we we see the you that you want to be, that God wants you to be, and we'd love to be a part of that journey. So let us know how we can help at convergecoach.com.org. Uh, uh, it's been a while. Dot com, com. right? Dot com, yes. yeah. And then let's just hang out, talk about ways to work through this. So God bless you. That was episode 197. Coming up on episode 200 next week the number three most listened to, most watched podcast that was most helpful to the most people we assume. So we'll see you again next week as you continue to lead from alignment.